Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. The Philippines officially exits the International Criminal Court. The Duterte administration says that means we are no longer under the jurisdiction of the ICC. Critics and legal experts say it is not as simple as that. We have been hearing about ending ENDO or ending contractualization of Filipino workers even before President Duterte took office. In fact, ending ENDO was one of President Duterte's campaign promises. But three years in, we are still not close to actually removing the practice from our labor sector. What seems to be the problem? Ghazali Jafar, the Moro Islamic Liberation Front's first vice chairman, passed away last week. He was 75. We recall his contributions to the Bangsamoro cause. Most Filipinos are happy and satisfied with their lives. That is according to a new SWS survey. But there is a but. We will tell you what that is later. Yan po ang headlines. Ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. Making good on President Duterte's threat, the Philippines is no longer a party to the Rome Statute. The Rome Statute is the international treaty that created the International Criminal Court. One year ago, the Philippines submitted to the UN a letter of withdrawal from the statute. The ICC was created to go after persons charged with genocide, crimes against humanity, and war crimes. Almost by definition, that inevitably deals with the powerful, national leaders, and militaries. President Duterte ordered the Philippine withdrawal last year after he became the subject of a complaint over alleged extrajudicial killings in the course of a war on drugs that has killed thousands. Malacanang, in withdrawing, says that the ICC never had jurisdiction over the Philippines in the first place because the Rome Statute was not published in the newspaper or even the official gazette as required by law. Here is Presidential Spokesperson Salvador Panelo in a press briefing today. As far as we are concerned, the letter submitted to them was more of a courtesy telling them that we have never been under your jurisdiction. Still, ICC cannot proceed with any proceeding that it has started, specifically because it said that they conducted a preliminary examination and not a preliminary investigation. And under the Rome statute clearly says that any preliminary investigation or any proceeding relative thereto, if commenced prior to the withdrawal of state party, can continue and will continue. Therefore, if it does continue, it violates its own provision because there has been no preliminary investigation. 
ICC prosecutors had conducted a preliminary examination into the country's war on drugs and the extrajudicial killings linked to it. Preliminary examination refers only to finding out, one, whether the crimes alleged fall within the jurisdiction of the ICC, like genocide, crimes against humanity, and so forth. Number two, assuming that the jurisdictional crimes are present, it must be established during the preliminary examination that the state party is unwilling to prosecute, or even if willing, it is incapable of doing so. So it can never proceed to conduct any investigation. As the withdrawal takes effect, however, Attorney Jude Sabio, the lawyer who brought a complaint before the ICC against Duterte, maintains it will not affect investigations against President Duterte. Oppositionists and international law experts say the ICC will continue to have jurisdiction over matters that took place while the Philippines was a party to the Rome Statute. There is no denying that the Labor Department has already made some strides in improving the plight of Filipino workers. As of end 2018, the Department of Labor was proud to say that over 400,000 employees have been regularized because of their efforts over the past three years. But it remains a fact that contractualization has not, and some say cannot, be entirely eradicated from the Philippines. Here is Labor Assistant Secretary Benjo Benavides on the matter. By law, all employment is actually contractual in nature. Contractual in the sense that two parties consented to that relationship. And that is the relationship of employer-employee relationship. Benavides was speaking at a business conference the UP Women's Lawyers Circle hosted last March 8. Bakit po may issue pa rin against contractualization? Because of the multiple possible... Hindi alam po ng employee, ng worker kung sino po yung totoong employer po niya. Siya po ay empleyado ng isang legitimate contractor and yet she or he is reporting to a place other than the workplace of his or her employer. And that is the workplace of the principal. Kaya nagkakalituhan po dyan. The Department of Labor recognizes that some jobs are, by nature, temporary, project-based, or seasonal. But what they are trying to achieve now is to streamline the kinds of employment that will be allowable under Philippine laws. Benavides says the Department of Labor is pushing for bills that will make all Filipino employees regular employees, even if their jobs are project-based or seasonal in nature. Is that viable? Is that realistic? Benavides acknowledges that Congress will have to take up that question. Gazali Jafar, the MILF's first vice chairperson, has passed away. He was 75. Jafar had worked and fought for Bangsamoro autonomy for most of his life. He was a separatist rebel with the Moro National Liberation Front, or the MNLF, of the 70s and 80s. When Nur Miswari and the MNLF accepted a peace deal after the People Power Revolution of 1986, Jafar was among those who broke away and founded the MILF. 
1997, he became the first chairman of the MILF negotiating panel when its peace talks with the government started. 20 years later, in 2017, President Rodrigo Duterte appointed Jafar as chairperson of the Bangsamoro Transition Commission. It was the BTC that drafted the Bangsamoro Organic Law. Last month, he witnessed President Duterte saying in historic ceremonies, Today, I am elated to accept the certification from the COMELEC declaring the ratification of the Organic Act for the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region in Muslim Mindanao. After four decades of struggle, Jafar was appointed to the Bangsamoro Transition Authority, which is the interim government for the expanded Bangsamoro Autonomous Region. He was in fact expected to become Speaker of the Bangsamoro Parliament, which is set to be inaugurated on March 25. Here is Jafar in an interview with One News in January in the aftermath of the New Year's Eve blast in Cotabato Mall. My experience in uh, revolution, I have been modestly aside leading the struggle of the Moro people for uh, more or less 50 years. Mm-hmm. And you see, a real revolutionary will never use terroristic activities to achieve uh, his objective. And you cannot uh, win by terrorizing the people. You can only win a revolution by winning the support of the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely bombing them will not win their support. Fast forward to earlier this year, and here is President Duterte during the ceremonies for the Bangsamoro Organic Law. As we welcome a new era of peace and development in the region, I pause this challenge to the members of the Bangsamoro Transition Authority. Always embody the dreams and aspirations of the great men and women who came before you and fought for the recognition of your right to determine your future. Jafar was one of those men who came ahead of everyone who will now build the Bangsamoro region he fought for his entire life. More than 80% of Filipinos are happy and satisfied with their lives. That is according to the latest SWS survey which was conducted in December. Pretty good numbers, but in terms of satisfaction and happiness with their lives, This is actually the lowest numbers it has been since 2014. Happiness was highest in Mindanao in Visayas, lowest in Metro Manila. Happiness also went down across all classes, although those in class E were the most unhappy. Happiness also went down across all educational levels, although predictably those with the least education were the most unhappy. As for religion, Christians were the happiest. Also, members of the Iglesia Ni Cristo, Muslim Filipinos, were the least happy. Despite the decline in happiness and satisfaction, SWS reports that Filipinos were happiest sometime during the Duterte administration in December 2017. The previous record for happiness was during the time of President Fidel Ramos more than 20 years ago. 
In recent memory, Filipinos were most unhappy during the time of President Gloria Macapagal Arroyo. Now note, the SWS does not define what happiness or satisfaction means. Before we let you go, here is something you need to know. Having a dark tint on your car windshields and windows is now against the law. The police will go after drivers of heavily tinted cars, says PNP Chief Oscar Albayalde. This will be a violation of the Anti-Distracted Driving Act and the Seatbelts Use Act. And that's today's edition of Puma Podcast. For the latest episode, subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Maraming salamat po. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 